Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today I'm joined by Cliff Chang, the author of Catwoman Lonely City, artist, letterer, uh, colorist, doing it all, and of course has been a co-creator on works like Wonder Woman, the run with Brian Azzarello in the DC New 52, as well as Paper Girls with writer Brian K. Vaughn. Catwoman Lonely City, for those of you who haven't checked it out already, it's a DC black label series with Selina Kyle, Catwoman, returning to Gotham after 10 years in prison to a city that's changed tremendously since the events of Fool's Night and the deaths of Batman, Joker, Nightwing, and Commissioner Gordon. It's an extremely enjoyable first issue for both fans of Catwoman and DC's Batman universe. Cliff, thanks so much for hopping on today. I really appreciate you taking the time. One thing I wanted to ask you about Catwoman Lonely City, I think right off the bat, and this will be a pretty spoiler-free conversation, but you know we'll be talking about the content of the issue. For, for individuals listening, I do recommend you check it out. The legacy of, of something like Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns, you know, it looms large over a book like A Lonely City when you're going into a future with characters having aged some amount. Um, really, any project that, you know, tackles Gotham X years later. How did you consider that legacy or other legacies like that in making your story? And did you want to, what did you find yourselves kind of wanting to emulate or change? Yeah, you can't really avoid the comparison. And and to be honest, it was a point of inspiration as well uh, in coming up with the story. I, I did wonder when you read something like Dark Knight Returns, it's about the Titans, you yeah. know, it's about batman and superman and they almost aren't even people they're just like they're almost um differing worldviews mm -hmm. that clash at the end and at the same time my what i love most about storytelling is character and i wanted to look at these characters at these dc supervillains and heroes that we know so well and age them a bit and see where their lives have gone you know, what they do as they get older and can't, you know, physically do or are forced out of, um, you know, costumed adventuring. And so what, you know, kind of going to the future, you know, or their their future uh, allows is you can kind of reset things a little bit and you can, you know, meeting them and you feel like you're meeting them again for the first time and, yeah. and you're curious about them because you have an affection for these characters already and to see where they might end up you know it's, it's sort of like the end of uh, animal house or something you know where mm. you want to find out where everybody you know how they all turned out um but uh you know the other thing is i wanted to also focus on characters that you know you wouldn't uh, necessarily um follow you know the ones that you know more b-list or you know, for lack of a better word, or just, you know, the smaller people, um, you know, in this, you know, universe of, of giants. Right. So, um, you know, and I wanted to explore Gotham as a city that people live in and that has, that is diverse. And, you know, that's just like New York, you know, is, is a city that can be hard to live in sometimes, but also great. So, it, you know, it all kind of came together for me as a way of talking about superheroes, what I like about them, what I don't like about them and, you know, and celebrate it and, and have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it works very effectively. I think too, you know, you mentioned the, the B list characters or, or C list and, and definitely one thing that 
I don't think about a lot or haven't thought about enough reading Batman comics is like, yeah, but what becomes of Killer Croc when he's in his 40s, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, like when he can't do these super heroic things, it's just not a like there's a there's a light comedy element to that potentially, um, but it's kind of woven in seamlessly into this book. I, I think the enduring appeal or there's an enduring appeal of superheroes aging, you know, it's something that the sort of ever story nature of ongoings doesn't necessarily allow for or rarely mm-hmm. allows for um you talked a bit about you know the tricks of telling a story of an aging you know up a well-known character with selena in particular with with catwoman what do you think the advantages are to have her in a, a very different state of her life for you as a storyteller i think there's she falls into very very neatly uh this idea this noir idea of like a grizzled veteran you know uh thief um you know coming back to do one last job you know that that's attractive to me i do love when different genres can be superimposed on superheroes and and you get you know something that feels fresh and 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 casts a different light on on superhero comics um i think it also allows me to talk more honestly about aging um it it allows me to talk about uh selena's place in this world uh you know as you know someone who doesn't have superpowers um as an older woman you know like what it just immediately seemed interesting to me like what is her place then you know uh, knowing how kind of you know how unfairly we treat older women as well you know uh, these characters i think of them a little bit half as athletes you know who have aged out of their sport mm-hmm. and also as actors who are no longer valued for their you know sexuality right. you know for their sensuality and not that she isn't sexy at age 55 but there's a world that won't that refuses to see her that way you know and that is ironically liberating for me to write her that i wanted to divorce you know so much of of her character can be expressed purely as you know eroticism you know and that's a version of the character but uh i do like seeing her as this master thief you know as opposed to someone who's only running around you know in a skin tight outfit and purring you know um <laughs> right. i wanted to see you know what what else is there to her and and that's and that's not to say that's not a part of this character it's something that she did we'll see more of that in book two um but that's part of her history as well you know but she's older now and she doesn't want you know doesn't want to deal with that anymore <laughs> um yeah. and and she wants you know also to be respected and to be seen as a full person so um you know and coming back to gotham with all the baggage uh from fool's night um is uh is difficult for her but you know i i love i love the story of an underdog or cat in this case (laughs) right yeah for sure no and it's it's off to a great start like i'm really excited about this work i mean i think it's very quickly launched into myself and a lot of others you know contenders for some of the best stuff of 2021 um which is really exciting i think that the focus on catwoman and selena kyle as a character in this way is a, is a very smart one and an effective one it allows you to do some some interesting things um in terms of what's going on here with like 
the character. I mean, so I want to talk a little bit about Gotham. And again, I said, you know, there'll be very light spoilers for this. If you haven't read Catwoman Lonely City, you know, I am going to talk here a little bit about what's what's in the work. You might want to skip ahead a, a handful of minutes. Um, you're taking a handful of famous Gothamites off the board, right? In your in your mm-hmm. version of this future, right? Obviously, Batman, Gordon, Joker. Like, okay, I think I get it. Like, no questions. Um, why why do you want to make sure Nightwing was out too? And kind of what went into your conceptualization of you know, this this event that is Fool's Night that is looming over everything that has happened, that is referenced, um, but that is obviously not the, the focus of the story. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, with the other three, Joker, Batman, and, and Gordon, I think they're a triumvirate that determines the fate of the city. You know, the fact that neither of them can get the upper hand, really, and succeed at what they truly want is what keeps, you know... Um, keeps the city unsafe, you know, and just always just kind of just on the brink, you know, of falling apart. And that's why you need Batman, right? Because without him, the Joker and Gordon, you know, would, something would happen, you know, like, you know, I guess Gordon wouldn't be able to handle the Joker or his police force, you know, is too corrupt and, and, and would then be ineffective. So once you take, and there's a way in which those three relate to each other in a very specific way. And when you take them off the board and that relationship and that way of solving problems, um, you know, perhaps there's a, there's another way. And uh, so taking them out, out of the story also means, well, anybody could die. In, in a, you know, if there's a Batman story without Batman in it, <laughs> if, you know, what is Gotham without Batman? Um, you know, it, it leads to a whole host of possibilities. Uh, yeah. With Nightwing, I think the political reality of Gotham um, after meant that, you know, it was, you know, it's part of the huge tragedy of Fool's Night that, you know, we also lost um, Dick Grayson. Um, and the idea that perhaps if he were around, that he would be sort of the heir of Batman's legacy. Mm. And, mm, and yeah. so in a way, Batman would still be around. Um, uh, Tim Drake exists in this universe, and, but we don't see him. Uh, my, uh, my, in my imagination, he is far, far from Gotham, suffering mm. from, you know, lots of PTSD and, you know, hopefully, you know, a doctor of some sort. Um, but, you know, there are certain characters that needed to be, I needed plausible reasons for them no longer being uh in costumes and and it feels yeah. like um dick would continue to that no matter what yeah that's that's a really interesting answer because i i think you're right right the the transition from post bruce now would would so obviously be dicks and then maybe gotham doesn't progress the way that it does mm-hmm. if he's still around wearing that mantle i i do like too that maybe it won't be things we th- we see in Catwoman Lonely City like a Tim Drake but the Bat family's so big now mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and there's so many moving parts to it yeah. um just the fact that clearly there would have to be an answer whether it's textual or not in terms of like what's Damien doing what's Tim doing right what's what's even Stephanie Brown doing all these things yeah you know? do, do you have like a like a, a world building you know chart to keep track of everyone or is it kind of just all in your head no I I it's more or less in my head and there are certain things that I, I try not to, I either just won't reference them, um, you know, but I, I don't want to 
outright, you know, um, go against any kind of continuity. You know, I'm not saying that there wasn't a Damien, but I just haven't considered him, you know, and if there's a Tim Drake, then mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, it, those two don't necessarily sit well together for me often, you know, because they kind of, you know, they, they, they share a similar spot in the family, you know, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm trying to be as welcoming of all the continuity they can be and i try not to you know directly contradict anything if i can't if i can help it sure sure no that makes sense so in terms of the storytelling here and kind of your role on this book um you know whereas in the past you've been the artist on some really long runs like i mentioned up front you know you've done these long runs with with creators that have had tremendous success like brian Azarello, brian k Vaughan. Um, maybe some other famous Brian's that I'm forgetting <laughs> that could be a, a solid collection. What are the biggest uh, storytelling lessons you feel like you've picked up, you know, over the past decade on, on these runs, like Wonder Woman and Paper Girls that you're now bringing to writing and kind of doing it all? It's, I've been really lucky to work with such great writers and, and colorists and letterers. Uh, and, you know, I've slowly been, trying to steal their tricks or just learn how it's done you know mostly um in yeah. in my mind i feel like my final evolution my final pokemon evolution is someone who can self-publish <laughs> you know uh and <laughs> sure yeah it uh you know so i'm always very curious about what it takes what people you know the mechanics of what they do and try to understand one like how they do it and how as an artist i can help them and not make their jobs more difficult. Um, you know, that's something that yeah. comes out of my editorial experience at DC. Um, you know, right. just knowing how everything fits together. Um, and if, if everyone is working, you know, giving everyone the, the freedom to do their best work. So, uh, and that it's in, in order to do that, I I need to understand their jobs. So I, I like to, you know, I always colored my covers, so I had a sense of that. But, you know, and then I would work pretty closely with Matt Wilson on Wonder Woman and Paper Girls. But, you know, it wasn't until here that, you know, I really learned, like, how tricky it is to color interiors and how you need to be very aware of mood and emotion on top of, you know, the logistics of storytelling. Um, with writing, um, you know, I, I think of you know, a bunch of the writers that I've worked with and, and what they all share is like a very strong visual sense. They know how to tell a story visually. They don't cram a panel with too many moments. And in fact, what they do is look for one specific narrative moment that, that, that is the panel and that pulls you through and it makes the storytelling so clear. And that gives me space to then add to the, to the acting or add to the staging somehow you know, um, kind of makes it even, you know, more than the, some of its parts, you know? Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Do you find yourself as writer and artist? Do you find one of those hats getting in the way? Like, do you find the artist side of yourself, you know, angry <laughs> at the writer side of yourself or at least early on, or is it all pretty in sync? You're, you're reading my mind. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I've definitely cursed out writer me. Um, yeah. there's a, you know, I, there's when you're telling a story, there are things that are important and there are things that have to happen. And there's a tone to this story that I need to maintain uh, for it to work. And those are things I would happily put in there as a writer. You know, the, the 
you know, the background texture of Gotham is super important, you know, but as an artist, that can be really tough to draw. Mm. But then sometimes you just need a street scene with tons of people because that's what a city looks like, mm. you know, and, um, and you might need that panel several times on a page. I, although, you know, I would hate any other writer for, for asking it of me. <laughs> yeah. um, I know that I have reasons for it. And honestly, there are pages where I'm not always 100% excited, like, you know, a kid on Christmas morning to draw, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's sometimes you get scripts like that because it's all just action and, and cool lines and poses and stuff like that and you can kind of just pull yourself through it just by you know how excited you are um in this case uh, you know i it's black label so it is for an older audience and i know i can ask a bit more of them and so the pacing becomes a real focal point you know and not overwhelming you know um a panel by just making it you know more awesome you know like there's ways in which i could tweak the camera angles and so stuff would be much more dynamic but it would change how you read the book and the feel of it mm. you know there's definitely um a more somber adult tone to the book and and going for the most extreme you know kind of curvy angles and stuff like that you know would be visually really stimulating but not appropriate for the book mm. that's interesting yeah i can see that so it this being a DC Black Label book, you know, it's for those that haven't collected one in print, you know, it's just bigger. Everything's larger. It's like the um, the European album format or so I'm told. Mm -hmm. um, yes. how, how does that change things for you? Obviously, everything's literally bigger, but like in terms of process or in terms of the type of story you're able to do, um, does it make it does it make it easier to fit more on the page? Is it more of a challenge? Like what was what was the impact there? It's both. Um, you know, I, I'm so intrigued by this format. Uh, and I, as and I love European albums, I also love, you know, modern manga and the smaller size and putting three panels on a page. Mm, yeah. It's interesting that the format, the size format changes what you can do and, and almost changes the medium. Um, with, with this book, I wanted, I knew I had a lot of story to tell and it didn't make sense for me to just treat this like a regular comic size um story you know and and you know a comfortable five maybe six panels on a page you know if it's dense you know yeah. um and also you know as you said before you know dark knight looms large uh, dark knight returns is is you know such a huge um achievement and it's a touchstone especially if you're talking about characters getting older um and then for the batman universe as well and so I wanted to be in dialogue with that, and I wanted to have the same kind of density to work with, um, because those pages are super dense, and you don't always get a real um, expansive view of the city, for example, or something. But um, but you get a lot of story, and and I think really at the end of the day, that's what people care about. Yeah. So I wanted to, you know, take advantage of the larger size, add more panels by you don't see it as much in issue one issue one is actually fairly comfortable in terms of the pacing um but things get a lot tighter and frenetic with the the following volumes um, partially because i had more ground to cover and also because i i then landed on you know um a more hopefully um and not too rigid grid of 
15 panels mm. um roughly you know and it would change it would get going from 12 to 15 um it's sort of like the way watchman is a nine panel grid but it's not always nine panels on every page right um you know you combine the sizing um mine's looser than that but once i had that it allowed me it freed me up to pace things the way i really wanted to and you know i i really you know it's 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 astounding to me after doing this for so many years to see how much more there is to learn um mm. about it you know i i thought it maybe that i don't know sort of intellectually i kind of knew what i was going to be doing going into it and then but then the reality of working on the pages and and having those panels um is really great from a storytelling perspective but it's also really hard from an artistic perspective every panel that you add almost adds exponentially to the difficulty of the page because when you step back all those panels have to relate to each other hmm. so then you're you're doing this balancing act of oh is there too much detail in this panel can i drop it from this panel but then i need you to see you know something in the background here you know uh, so it, it ends up being more it's like throwing more balls at a juggler yeah while they, you know when they're happy with four yeah <laughs> This was this was plenty, but now I got to make space for all the rest of it. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um, what what's been the most fun for you as as something where this is a, you know, a project where you you pretty wholly own the direction and and the story of what it can be. Um, what's what's been the most entertaining part? You know, there, that's hard to say. Uh, you know, in a way because I don't really feel. I mean, the the most gratifying part surely is is the coloring hmm. because when i'm done with that the page is finished yeah um i've actually lettered all the pages before penciling um and and going old school with it where the the word balloons are integrated with the art um modern comics tr uh, are traditionally now done digitally where the balloons and the lettering are digital uh, in this case the lettering itself is digital but the balloons um are integrated on the page hmm. uh and the reason i did that is because it i had started my career you know with lettering on the page and there's a way in which when it's there you make different inking decisions based on negative space hmm. and like how a panel might be weighted um and i think it also gives it an organic feel and also again trying to evoke 80s comics like dark knight returns and batman year one and all the 80s DC comics that are in the history of this book as well, of the characters of this book. Yeah. Um, so, you know, trying to play with that nostalgia a little bit um, because if this were a purely modern book with all the vector super sharp letters and stuff like that, I think it would, you might not sense that connection as, as, intimately hmm. you know with um you know with 80s dc um but i don't know there are parts of everything that i like uh you know i mean coloring is great you're just setting the mood for things you know you it's sometimes really difficult to figure out the palette of a scene um you know i start with everything being local colors so ex you know exactly what it would look like in a doctor's office you know so yeah. red is red and blue is blue but then you start thinking well the the light here is really yellow so it would shift everything or hey it's dark and gloomy let's take down you know the 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 brightness of the colors and, and the saturation mm -hmm. and things like that 
Um, but you know, the, with writing, probably my favorite part is, is the dialogue. I mean, I love the structure of it, the early outlining I enjoy. I, I enjoy all parts of it, but the, the dialogue has been kind of a joy to really pare it down uh, and get just what you need from it while still making sure it has some character. Uh, you know, I'm, even to the end, I'm looking at lines and saying, hey, this feels a little flat. It doesn't really say much beyond kind of a placeholder thing. How do I add some personality to it? Is yeah. there a way to add, you know? Um, and that's something that I feel like I've, you know, um, watching Brian Azzarello work, you know, such a great, like such a master of oblique dialogue, um, you know, that, that adds, you know, that that's additive on a page, you know, and, and doesn't always come out and say the most obvious thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's really wonderful. And then also in, and Brian Vaughn, you know, the way his dialogue, you always get the personality of those characters, you know? So trying to, you know, bring those two facets that I love so much together, you know, it has been really challenging, but really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So we've got one issue out right now. Um, is this, is this three issues? I have that in my head or is there going to be more? No, it's four. It's four. four. Okay. Going four 48 pages, just like, uh, just like DKR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So this will be a nice, uh, nice collection when all is said and done. Yeah. Um, cool. So we got a, a bit more coming, which is awesome. It, I guess final kind of Catwoman focus question, I think here. Um, first off, I do, you know, one clue links in the show notes and I, I do highly recommend people check out Lonely City. Um, when you were going into this, like how much Catwoman research did you do and, and what are your like favorite stories and, and kind of your favorite storytellers that helped inspire the work that you were doing here? Yeah, Catwoman's always been a really interesting character. You know, I think because of the different ways she's been portrayed, she's a bit of a cipher and she's also a bit of a blank slate. Um, what attracted me to the character was uh, my intent was to make a book that could be given to a new reader. Uh, you know, Catwoman is known, you know, by now, thanks to the TV shows and the movies, animated series. You don't really need to explain to somebody who Catwoman is. They're, right. they're, they're just barely familiar with her and that's also kind of enough all you need to know really is you know she's a she's a cat burglar and she wears a cat costume and and sometimes she's you know together with batman and i thought that was a great opportunity to have something you know a, sort of i think in that way she's also underutilized like she's very well known but you know there's nothing there's not that much stuff um outside of the comics that's focused on her, you know, and I, so I thought that was super interesting. Um, I think that, that, that characteristic of her also relates, you know, also means you can do a lot with her, you know, um, her, you know, her shifting position as a villain or an anti-hero um, means she doesn't need to be purely one thing or another you know it really is all shades of gray for her both morally and character wise um and that gives gives me more room to play with um you know one of the things i was surprised by probably shouldn't have been um was how you know important wonder woman is you know as an icon and it, it can make it very difficult um to work on her because you're having to to 
bear the weight of that um mm. all the time you know um i felt it um not sure you know how much brian did i think he's um he's he's probably just he's just more um he's just more daring <laughs> daring a creator than i am you know um <laughs> and you know to be free to that was um and to be able to do a character that's morally gray you know it was it was a really great um change of pace for me so uh you know looking back you know i you know of course i love the you know the brew baker darwin cook stuff yeah. um you know i was starting out in comics at the time when that came out in 2002 it was very inspiring to see how they reinterpreted a character that had been you know kind of a visual you know just had been turned into you know um a, a poster you know for a, like a poster girl for the bad girl movement you know in in the 90s yeah uh and bring it into you know a genre that they loved you know doing crime with her you know and you know i think a lot about darwin's parker books too where you know and parker's um is great and and he's also kind of you know what he would do but uh, but he's also a bit of a cipher you know and and, and yeah. I, I love that you know i love that about noir tales and you know and it's about making you care about a character like that in spite of them being you know putting up such a a tough front um so you know the, the, yeah certainly the 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 brewbreaker stuff but there's been you know just lots of great stuff with the character i mean even now like rom v and you know and um you know joelle's stuff and you know genevieve valentine um you know there's been you know among other things you know and tom king's batman catwoman this I, I love that there's so much focus on the character now um and you know then for this to come out you know i think it shows that there with any of these characters there are differing interpretations that can all be equally valid and all exist you know that that's kind of the sad thing for me about continuity is that when you cut out you cut away all the possibilities you know for stories and um and that's why i think black label is so powerful as a as an imprint and, and as a you know it's it just you can do so much with it and you can aim it at an audience that you know isn't necessarily reading you know the the um you know the fifth week event um right right yeah no it's definitely it's definitely appealing here and there especially when there you know there's just so much <laughs> of yeah. of all media right now and it is it, it is very nice as someone who even follows a lot of it you know I, I keep up with comics um but it's still it's it's can have that overwhelming feel so it is really nice every so often to turn to a black label book that sounds interesting and be like oh okay yeah like i catwoman where you know 10 years in the future i love cliff chang's art like yeah let's do this and then you know that's an easy that's an easy buy um all right cool so you know your, your career this past decade it shows a really unique consistent ability to like work on a a select amount of long runs and not like hop between stuff um not taking on you know a huge number of different projects at a time maybe it doesn't feel that way to you <laughs> but that's you know when you look back at the bibliography like that's that's what comes out um how do you decide on like the right projects for yourself given that you seem to have a pretty i don't know like a pretty clear sense or a pr pretty clear ability to curate you know what it is you want to tackle 
I think if you look at the previous 10 years, you'll have your answer to that, which is I jumped around all <laughs> over the place. And it's not until yeah. you hit something that works that you want to really stick with it. Um, actually, that's not true. Uh, human target was, was several years uh, of work. And, and, you know, I love, I love that. I mean, I, I, I loved working on, on, you know, I've learned stuff and loved, you know, all my projects. Um, but I think as I got more experienced, the idea of telling a longer complete story becomes more compelling. Uh, yeah. when you're starting out, I, when I'm start when I was starting out, I think I, I did want to jump around because I wanted to show a certain amount of versatility. Um, uh, and I also wanted to just get, you know, just learn, you know, Oh, here's this kind of superhero story and here's this kind of vertigo story. Um, you know, I, I loved working on miniseries, you know, the, the, beware the creeper miniseries for vertigo, but you know, after yeah. a point, those, that format kind of went away because it would be ordered too low and, you know, just be too much of a gamble for a retailer, you know? Um, and so it ended up being, you know, and because I didn't, didn't, quite have you know um wasn't necessarily in demand you know you could it would be a fill-in here and there two issues here three issues there um which was great because i feel like i've drawn everything i've wanted to draw as a fan um yeah but uh you know it's you know it's a little bit like speed dating you know it's like three minutes you know three issues here three issues there find somebody that you really like and then you know, and then try and, and do something longer, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I don't regret like working on any of those books. I, I, I've, you know, learned cool stuff from all of them and, you know, they just all kind of go into the pot, um, you know, for just creatively. And, yeah. you know, and, and I think it's not necessarily the length of the story too. Um, but knowing working with creators who do have a complete story to tell about something, you know? Sure. Sure. No, that makes sense. Uh, what can you tell us about? So Paper Girls is kind of, you know, it, 30 issues are out, but we're having a nice resurgence here in terms of like a compendium just came out from Image that is really cool that puts the whole story in one book, which definitely it is a it is a great binge read um, as someone who has reread it recently. Like it, it, those 30 issues play really well over a long weekend or something. Um, and then also, you know, there's an Amazon pick up for that what can you tell us about uh what's coming from from paper girls that tv series if anything uh is is on the radar there yeah they're they're working on it they're you know they they've got a bunch of it done um you know who knows uh, i don't really understand uh hollywood <laughs> i don't yeah. think brian does either uh he's admitted <laughs> but um yeah. you know they they've got it and you know i'm sure they need to test it and send it through the supercomputer to see what you know the the data tells them Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, the stuff I've seen is incredible. It's so humbling to think that a story that we created, you know, is the inspiration for this series that it, that it's the inspiration for all this hard work, hard, like brilliant creative work, you know, that, you know, showcases these four incredible, you know, young actors, um, you know, that really, and, and, you know, just watching the footage I've seen, they, they really embody the characters so well, you know, cool, they, yeah. they really kept the spirit of the book and, and when at the same time made it their own thing. And so I, you know, I'm super excited for people to see it whenever it comes out. Of your amazing designs in that book, which ones, what are you most excited to see potentially brought to life on the screen? Do you have like a favorite? Huh? 
um, it's you know they they showed me a bunch of things early on like concept art for you know like the capsule and like even like and things you know and and it's and it's just so cool to see like you know because they I gave them like a very detailed background on why I drew things the way that I did, you know, and what the sources of inspiration were, you know, and like Cronenberg, you know, is big in there and, and, you know, and at the same time also just, you know, like other comics things like, you know, and to see that stuff be translated, you know, with also, you know, their input, you know, and, and things that they bring to it and make it better, you know, is, is really just fascinating. Um, so, I mean, I've, you know, it's been it's been really cool to see like you know the too like how they you know um, I don't want to spoil anything but you know like there's you know it, so it's been cool to see and I you know and I, I don't know I you know everything it's it's kind of unexpected but then you know it's great to see Mac with her Walkman you know there, there's yeah, there's yeah. so many different little pleasures you know in in seeing that stuff come to life so. Uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, and and I hope that you know uh, we get to see a lot of it, and you know, and, and I get to be you know surprised like this. Yeah, yeah. All right, awesome. That's exciting. Uh, what what else is next for you? So we got we got three more issues of Catwoman: Lonely City that'll be coming out after the time this airs. Um, what else do you have on the radar? Or things you want to make sure people are aware of? Uh, this is it. Uh, you know, this is it for the for the near future. Um, it, it's it's a lot of work, and you know, it's definitely keeping me uh, keeping me busy. And I haven't had a lot of time to actually think about what comes next. You yeah. know, I, I I have some ideas about things that I'd like to do, but you know, a lot of it also depends on, you know, in some ways, like if the book does well, like does that create different opportunities right if it does poorly does that take away opportunities you know um <laughs> hopefully not, you know yeah. but uh you know it, it's weird to think now uh now that i've been doing this for say about 20 years you know how many more years am i going to be doing this how many more books am i going to be making you know and to then think that maybe i need to be more selective as you know um than I was say in the first 10 years, you know, of my career. Um, so, you know, there's a, I love doing this, you know, I love telling stories and making sure that the amount of time and effort that I put into them is, is, is worthwhile, you know, and it's on something that, that I really can stand behind, you know? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, it's interesting because, you know, within black label, there's certainly a, um, there's examples of, you know, the White Knight universe sort of expanding and continuing. So could Lonely City pull something like that? I'm sure all that on the DC side is going to be based on performance and whatnot. Is that, if that was an opportunity, do you feel like that's something you'd want to play in or wait and see? Let's, let's get through these four and see. Yeah, I, I, I do feel a little bit like let's let's get through these four and see. And, you know, it might just be, you know, how do I feel about it at the end? You know, because right. it is nice to tie things up and say, that's it. You know, um, you know, there doesn't need to be a, a, a prisoner sequel TV series, you know, yeah, or something, right. you know, um, but I don't know. You know, I, I also love these characters, you know, and, and part of me wants to do more paper girls. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. we're not planning on it, but, um, you know, it's hard 
as a creator to say goodbye to characters that you've you know put so much into and 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 you actually kind of weirdly miss them you know but yeah. then maybe that just means you do a pinup every now and then i don't know um so more lonely city could be could be possible could be great i just need to come up with a story for it and if i have one then that makes sense and that doesn't just feel you know kind of that doesn't suffer from a sequelitis kind of thing you know yeah. then then for sure you know but um you know it i also want to make sure that you know this story has the correct ending you know as opposed to you know being something that just feels too open-ended and 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 is so is too much of a setup for you know future adventures you know clearly clearly you know come back for season two and yeah we'll have right more, right yeah <laughs> <laughs> it can definitely be that okay cool well i'm looking forward to it i've really enjoyed capital lonely city so far obviously only one issue out in my hands right now but i'm definitely going to be here for the rest of it um cliff i really appreciate you coming on and and talking through the work i've been loving it and uh and like i said i'm looking forward to seeing what comes next so thanks for joining yeah thank you very much